It's the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast. The podcast that takes you from Seattle to Tokyo and all points throughout history. It's Jim Valley from the Seattle area, and we head across the Pacific Ocean, the Pacific Rim, Tokyo, Japan, and Japan's leading author, journalist, and historian, Fumi Saito. Fumi, how are you? Hello from Tokyo. Hey, how are things? How are you? How are things? Oh, um, I'm good. It's my Tuesday morning. Right. Yeah, Monday night. Monday is that night. Okay, you might you should be watching Monday Night Raw right now. Not uh, yet. It's uh, we got to come. Oh, you're on the West Coast. I'm yes. on the West Coast. I don't have the live feed, so okay. I'm not going to get raw live uh-huh. here for a few hours, and it ah. doesn't start here for a bit. Even if I was on the East Coast, I'm probably only going to miss the first. I would, in theory. Only missed the first 15 minutes or so, but darn it. All right. You're there more you important than the 30th anniversary or the 100th anniversary or any anniversary of Raw. You. Talking to you is much better. By the way. Thank you. By the way, I want to let everybody know before we, before I forget, I don't mean to Bigfoot anything, but I'm going to forget otherwise. Um, you know this, but I want everybody else to know that my wife and I, have decided, you know, she's in the travel business. She wants to do a trip before I've got to be locked down for my kidney replacement. And so we kind of talked about it. We decided one of the safest places to go. It's a straight shot, a nonstop from Seattle. And everybody still is masked up with a high rate of vaccination. Everyone's very careful. So we decided we're going to go to Tokyo. (laughs) <laughs> great so we're gonna come and see you we'll bring you some goodies and then i'm sure at some point you and i will do a lie do a pacific rim face to face um ah, ah, long overdue yeah so that'll be a lot of fun that's the only reason i mentioned it so so come, you're bringing all the equipment yes so this will <laughs> be about a month from now or so maybe a little bit yeah. less We'll do a face-to-face Pacific Rim coming up. So All right. Excited to Looking see Looking forward to it. All right. Let's get down to brass tacks. Where do you want to start? Uh, Keiji Muto's retirement tour, grand final, or the great Muta bye-bye at Yokohama Arena. And the night before that, the, the New Japan's Yokohama Arena, Keiji Muto finally, finally announced his final opponent for Tokyo Dome, February 22nd. Uh, it will be Tetsuya Naito. What do you think about that? I mean, they have history from Wrestle Kingdom. Um, what are your thoughts on yeah, the night? It was like uh, he, he, Muto wanted to have meaningful opponent. Um, well, that, I don't want to say it's uh, you know like a spoiler or speculation or anything like that. But the, um, with how Muto look at this kind, you know, this kind of thing, that uh, he would like to have meaningful single-match opponent and willing to put him over on his retirement match. It's more like a not winning and pass down the torch and he leaves in his, his term. So in that regard, Naito's not a bad choice. Um, do you think he was the first choice? Uh, second. He was the second choice. Yeah, exactly. It was a dream match. There was a dream match in making that never happened. Actually, there were two. Uh, the dream match Muto wanted to have in his wrestling career. One was Mitsuharu Misawa, single match against Mitsuharu Misawa that never happened. Right. And also the single match against The Rock, which will never ha- probably never happen uh, at this point. But uh, yeah, those were the two dream matches he wanted to have. And a dream match such like Giant Baba against Antonio Inoki or, you know, something like that, that sometimes doesn't happen. So people will forever wonder about it, you know what I mean? And uh, it, it was not the mere dream fiction match that uh, Keiji Muto against Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Uh, there, there was a, pro, a business approach that never came to reality and uh, I don't think it was a coincidence that the very same day the very day Rock 
and WWE basically announced that there, there's not going to be Rock against Roman Reigns uh, for this year's WrestleMania uh, after all. Therefore, Rock won't be participating in Royal Rumble match either. And the very same day, the Keiji Muto comes to Yokohama. Keiji Muto is pro wrestling Noah now, but he was sitting in 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 a you know ringside commentary desk for this New Japan's Yokohama Arena show. And at the end of Naito's match, he came into the ring and basically announced that uh, I decided you're my opponent for my retirement match. That will elevate. Naito to the next level. Yes. He's not a poor choice. No. Let me back up here for a second. Yeah. Are you saying that there were discussions between KJ Muto's camp? Yeah, but uh, yeah, there was an approach. Was it? That I think he came really close, though. He came close to wrestling The Rock Dwayne Johnson. In his last Against match. Against Keiji Muto. Wow. I believe so. Yeah. Wow. How? And that, that didn't take place, though, obviously. Not not at this point. But uh, it's not like somebody's making like a complete fiction fantasy story about it. There wasn't a business approach. I don't know how far or what level. But uh, there wasn't an, an, an official approach from, you know, from Japan side and in that just didn't take place. Did Dwayne consider it, or did he shut it down immediately? I, I'm not in position to you know talk you know gotcha. make comment about you know Dwayne how Dwayne Johnson felt about it. But as a wrestler, he would have really wanted to. And there was actually twice that Keiji Muto and Dwayne Johnson met uh, back in 2002. That's right. And also for during. Uh, WWE's, you know, initial Japan tour, 2001, 2002, at Yokohama Arena. The main event was Rock against double champion Chris Jericho, and Muto was sitting on, on a, uh, did the color commentary for the, the TV, uh, channels, Channel 7, you know, Tokyo TV's special programming. It uh, didn't televise the entire match, but they made a special about the uh, network special program, a one-hour special for uh, for WWE coming to Japan kind of thing. And it wasn't a match show. It was like a more of a documentary. And uh, the entire match wasn't aired, but they did the documentary about this WWE tour in Japan. And they had Keiji Muto sitting on, on the ringside as a color commentator. And also about five years ago, six years ago, I believe it was 16 or 17, when the movie Hercules came out. Right. Yeah, uh, Dwayne Johnson made a red carpet tour to Japan for just like two one day tour, you know, like forty eight hours stay, and he went right back home. But at the stage, very you know, red carpet opening uh, for this the movie Hercules, Keiji Muto was invited to the stage, and those two met. And I believe they had dinner together after that. So they have a relationship of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. And also, everybody knows that the people's elbow come from Keiji Muto's driving flashing elbow. 2023 is crazy. This year is crazy. Yeah. Could you imagine? And also, that the, the Keiji Muto you know, making comments a number of times. That the, but I wrestled his father down in Florida, Rocky Johnson. Yeah. And he, I mean, like decades ago. Right. Um, when New Japan had this, you know, Hawaii tour, Teenage Rock was in the ringside, you know, when Inoki Brody had a match in Hawaii. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, that, uh, that there was a dream, mutual respect, and there's a dream side from, I mean, mutual dreams, dream match in the planning that uh, if WWE would do business with Japan, this could happen. Could have. Now that the Rock is not even, you know, participating in this year's Royal Rumble, therefore not winning Royal Rumble, there's not going to be no WrestleMania, you know, match against Roman Reigns. And it was announced just a few days ago that uh, he's not in match shape. That uh, this year's Royal Rumble, uh, WrestleMania, uh, Dwayne Johnson, 
Roman Reigns will not be happening. That's official, right? I believe it's pretty solid, if not official, yeah. Yeah. And the very same day, Muto decided to announce that, okay, my opponent at the Tokyo Dome, February 22nd, uh, will be Tetsuya Naito. Done. Interesting. The dream, okay, the, the dream scheduling is January 29th, Royal Rumble, February 22nd, Tokyo Dome, and April 1st, WrestleMania. That could have been Rock's retirement tour. I mean, if that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I can't imagine Rock headlining Tokyo Dome against Keiji Muto. That is... In both men's retirement match, basically. Basically, right? yeah. Yeah. That'll pack 65,000 people at the Tokyo Dome. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Easy. But it was actually like a miracle to even have Shinsuke uh, Nakamura, WWE superstar, coming to uh, Pro Wrestling Noah January 1st. Yeah. And, and uh, there was a proposal way back from like September. Pro Wrestling Noah approached. Uh, WWE official, I mean, like a front door, you know, company to company, but it would come from your, your PR department and, and uh, you know, the front office department that the writing letter, official letter to uh, from Pro Wrestling Noah to WWE and to, to ask for Shinsuke Nakamura's service way back in September of last year. Yeah. And the answer initially was. And I, th I heard it through my own grapevine that, that it was Michael Hayes who did all the work in between. To make it happen. Michael Hayes. To make it happen. Yeah. To yeah. put it together. Yeah, because you know Shinsuke Nakamura himself wanted to, wanted to have it, but uh, he's you know completely under you know exclusive contract under WWE. You know, you, the company has to do it all and has to okay it and the whole thing. And Shinsuke Nakamura himself didn't know where, you know, how, what kind of, you know, chance you know, he would have to make it happen. And, and, and uh, the, the letter went to WWE, but was stopped in some, some level, you know. And then uh, actually Triple H didn't even know about it for a long time. Interesting. And Michael Hayes went out of his way to bat for him because Keiji Muto is a good, good friend of Michael Hayes from WCW. And he's like, he's like let me do it kind of thing. And I from my, uh, heard it through my grapevine that Michael Hayes did so much work and talked to Triple H and Triple H, you know, wanted to have a meeting with Shinsuke Nakamura, how he wanted to have it. And... Uh, that uh, Shinsuke Nakamura explained that you know, how Keiji Muto was his hero, teen, you know, growing up, teenage, and he wants to make it happen. And Triple H, as wrestling mind person as he is, Triple H okayed it because this happened because Vince McMahon wasn't in there. Right. Yeah, I mean that was while Vince was actually gone. Yeah. Then. Uh, then uh, the, 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 at the same time, around the same time, Triple H, um, that the OK Shinsuke Nakamura to you know, come back to Japan for a few days to attend Antonio Inoki's funeral. Remember? Right. Yeah, that was the week everything was you know complete. Then uh, you're going back to Japan in January first, and you're doing this uh, Keiji Muto, uh, the Great Muta match, and that was miracle in in itself. Vince wasn't there. Now it's, I mean, really officially Vince McMahon's back that uh, none of these outside company business kind of thing will happen again, I don't think. Right. Yeah. But it was... It's, you know, it's too bad. Shinsuke Nakamura, Michael Hayes, and Triple H, those three made this miracle to take place. You know, it's too bad if Vince does have more control over Does that thing. make sense? It, well, it makes sense why it won't happen again, but what I'm saying is that Vince's guy yeah? beat the Great Muda in, you know, the Great Muda's... Yeah, then, yeah but that, it's not about to change that because you, for, for WWE and Vince McMahon's mindset, the entire world is WWE territory. Right, oh, I understand why. I'm just saying that it's a shame 
that one doesn't see the benefit of certain times working collaboratively. There are benefits sometimes. I'm not saying all the time, but in yeah. this case, there obviously was. But what do I know? Yeah, and also that they, I believe they suggested, Triple H and Michael Hayes both suggested that, that uh, Shinsuke Nakamura bring something back from Japan. Um, from you know, the, the big hint was that uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, right after the match on the promo, promo interview, said that got the DNA from Great Muta today, meaning that you know how he sucked poison out of out of Keiji Muto and blew right. his his own mist back to. He will bring that home. Alrighty then. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to see a a new wrinkle in Shinsuke's Nakamura? like a new persona yeah, I, I believe so then that make a whole lot more sense we're gonna see Shinsuke Nakamura is what you're saying <laughs> maybe yeah but the, that's how Michael Hayes and Triple H looked at it you know this is great but uh, also bring something back so we this can be used as something new and that's very progressive or yeah yeah, very well, positive. You know? It may not happen now with Vince back, and that's a damn shame. But, um, well, but, but the, the the new version of you know the the mysterious version or alter ego version of Shinsuke Nakamura can still happen. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but those are all like a very. I mean, it's not a positive manner that the the two biggest company in Japan and America or the in the world for that matter. They could have worked together. And they still could, but... It doesn't look like it anymore. No, I think we're done. But, I think uh, the... It was not... What I'm saying is this Keiji Muto against Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, wasn't total fantasy for, you know, from somebody. It was, was a... It, uh, it was a legitimate... It was on the table at one point, and that uh, I don't know how far it went, but it obviously didn't happen, but... Uh, it wasn't just fiction fantasy. It was it. actually a legitimate offer that was legitimately considered, is what you're saying. Is that fair? Yeah, I don't know how far, though. Right, but yeah. it wasn't dismissed outright. I don't think so. Right, that's and okay. Also, things like this, if the superstars themselves want, want, want to make it happen, that could happen. How Dave Dwayne wants to do something, Dwayne's going to do it. Um yeah, yeah, but not, but but he will not be available for wrestling, you know, for some time now. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Hey, yeah. um, before but, uh, we... K, that the Keiji Muto decided to, you know, choose uh, Tetsuya Naito as his final opponent, and it's a mixed bag, isn't it? That the some people say, ah, oh, what a letdown, right? And to have naito as his final opponent but I, i'm looking at it pretty positive that the, i think muto will prepare or he's has already has this creative you know idea to make naito uh, a sensational superstar overnight by doing something do you think he can yeah i think so that'll be interesting um because there was a quite a few, you know, that the uh, other uh, candidates, you know, like uh, Nobuhiko Takada come out of retirement, you know, you know, Nobuhiko Takada will be UWFI and MMA and Hustle and New Japan UWF. I mean, like a superstar from the 80s and 90s. Right. That there was a famous UWFI that Nobuhiko Takada against New Japan, Keiji Muto, 95 Tokyo Dome thing, and uh, uh, that the Takada was one of the candidates. But Muto did not want to do a memorial, like a like a revival memory, you know, this you know rerun match. So that wasn't what Muto wanted to do. And somebody like Tan uh, that uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, well, could be a great opponent for a retirement match. But in Muto's mind, he already put Tanahashi over. You know, doesn't have to do it again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Next time there there was another Tanahashi and Muto match, Muto is always willing to put him over. That the, the theme, that the whole story is done, that this is not going to be uh, not Tanahashi. For, it's a great opponent, of course, great superstar, but that is not his pick of the, the, the final match opponent. And uh, there was a couple more, yeah. 
but uh, it's not. Uh, and also, he didn't want to have uh, want to have uh, Kazuchika Okada as his final opponent because that's what Tenru did for his retirement match. That's true too. And yeah, Okada so is pretty much made. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. There's no benefit. I don't think for anybody putting right, over right, putting right. over on paper that sounds like a top card, but uh, uh, Muto wants to have meaningful single match right. and willing to put this opponent over and make this guy a breakthrough superstar uh, at the end of the night, you know, and then he wants to leave. And uh, so he, he feels that the Naito is ready to have this spot. Hell, yeah, why not? I yeah. just, I guess my only thing is I wish Naito were a little bit younger. A little bit in better shape. Real, like real big, you know, like a hot, hot, hot superstar item this year. Right? A little hotter. Yeah, he feels a little reheated. A bit. Reheated. Reheated is the word. Um, yeah, it just, it doesn't feel like he has a lot of career booking momentum at the moment, but maybe that's the plan. And maybe this is, like you say, that spark that sends him to greater heights who knows but if yeah, muda has a plan how creative you know muto can be right until the night of this tokyo dome and takada match yeah that the leg sweep dragon screw into figure four leg lock i mean both both wrestling move existed for decades you know yeah. the legs legs dragon screw you know leg sweep and figure four leg lock for decades and decades but the, put those two together and made it into a sensational finishing move right well let's talk about the other thing that happened and i guess sort of the co-main event for that tokyo dome there was a violent brawl between kiyomiya and okada which sort of mimicked the akira maeda situation of Joshi's face Back in 1987. Oh, before that, um, Keiji Muto's last name, M-U-T-O, but it's in the English-speaking world, forever be misspelled as M-U-T-O-H. There is no H at the end. So no, no H, everybody. No H. M-U-T-O, that's it. No M-U-T-O-H. Well, but forever be misspelled in English-speaking world for some reason. I don't know who started it, but... Obviously, Wrestling Observer still spells it that way. All right, we'll let Dave know. <laughs> yeah, but to look at Keiji Muto's official website or the Twitter account or Instagram or any Just, wrestling posters, Pro damn. Wrestling No and New Japan, anything, it's M-U-T-O. Muto cannot catch a break in the United States. We either spell it with an A or an H. Well, some people Just, do have it, but the, you know, my name is Saito. And Muto's T.O. Saito's T.O. We you know share same kanji. Gotcha. You're like Ito, Kato, Naito, Kondo. You know, a lot of toes, right? But Tokyo. some people sometimes put H on it. You know, gotcha. but, uh, no Muto H. Muto doesn't. I don't. All right. Okay, let's get back to Okada and Kiyomiya. What'd you think? Oh, angle rushed. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's uh, Pro Wrestling No against New Japan feud. And uh, obviously, Keiji Muto and Naito thing happens one night and it will be over the same night. It's Keiji Muto's retirement match. And it goes go beyond that because um, New Japan has New Japan World streaming service, right? And TV Asahi's, you know, Decades and decades of this, you know, archiving, you know, the moving images and all, all the match videos and all these things. And Pro Wrestling Noah's vehicle right now is live streaming, Abema TV, uh, Wrestle Universe, and the parent company is Cyber, uh, the, the Cyber Union, uh, Cyber Agent, right? But what's tricky is that Abema TV actually is half. Uh, the partially owned by TV Asahi too. TV Asahi has stock in Abema TV. That almost make New Japan and and Pro Wrestling Noah a sister company in, in, in outside the wrestling world. Does that make any sense? That makes sense. Is that what is that uh, what is driving 
this whole synergy thing between the two wrestling companies? More so than the pro wrestling in New Japan itself, yeah. And also, it's obvious that the wrestling business, I'm talking about revenue and, and well, the wrestling economy as a whole, that it's moving towards more and more to the streaming service, I, I pay for view type situation. People now are willing to pay $40 for live event, $50 for live event, you know. And uh, it really signifies the new era that uh, all these you know, high-profile Tokyo Dome or Sumo Palace or Budokan, such, you know, event will all be streaming pay-per-view rather than network TV, free TV. Does that making sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's like a changing the whole landscape of wrestling business in Japan, finally, sort of. And the reason that... Uh, uh, Abema TV and, and Wrestle Universe put uh, uh, Great Muta Shinsuke Nakamura match uh, on free Abema feed is that so people will order this Tokyo Dome match. Paying $40, $50 per event, live event on, on your tablet or smartphone, iPhone or your computer, that's like you will be having like a 200,000 you know, number of audience, 300,000 know, pay audience at the big, huge you know, stadium or something. So house show business, I mean, including Budokan and Tokyo Dome, it will be almost secondary from now, this, you know, from this point on. So it's all kind of shifting is what you're saying in Japan. And wrestling is only a software of it. Because all the concerts, rock concerts, are moving towards streaming iPay-per-view. Yeah. For the rock concert, live event, people are paying, you know, willing to pay $70, $80, you know, for live feed, you know, on streaming. And the wrestling is one of them now, yeah. But pretty soon that they won't be airing this, you know, big event on TV Asahi, probably not. Or maybe a week, week or two delay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, if you want to watch live, you have to pay for uh, this, you know, streaming pay-per-view kind of thing. That will change uh, the the whole revenue that the wrestling company will be making. Therefore, that the kind of money wrestlers are will be making. And Muto Keiji Muto himself talked about it. When I leave, he said, uh, "Quote that the the wrestler should be making one the, another zero meaning like a ten times, tenfold. Speaking of tenfold, was uh, Yokohama sold out both nights? Do you know? It wasn't really sold out, but uh, see, Yokohama Arena actually um, can see up to 18,000, but it was social distance seating, so that's almost half. Gotcha. So that's, yeah, because there was like, like 6,000 or something? 8,000-ish. 8, 8, yeah. So that's not too bad. That's still pretty good, considering... Yeah, price, yeah, ticket price was pretty high. Yeah. And also, with social distance seating, they allowed people to cheer. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to start sell, spelling uh, Muta's last name with a dollar sign. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> okay. Oh, at the yeah. end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you put that somewhere in KG Muta? Muta. Yeah. Anyway. So he always had this vision because he learned business in, in 80s New Japan and then went to America and then learned the business in like a very last of uh, territorial era. Then went back to Japan and saw this, you know, that uh, New Japan and uh, Ricky Choshu's group and. Um, Akira Maeda's UWF group. He left again, went to Puerto Rico, went to Dallas World Class, and joined the last leg of NWA Crockett into WCW era and learned about pay-per-view. Then he came back and the business of Tokyo Dome kind of stadium shows. And he just then went back to WCW to, to witness the very last days of WCW and came back in dark age, but he switched side to old Japan and 10 years in old Japan. Then there was wrestle one. And then there was the time that he spent with pro wrestling. No, he did it all. 
well, we'll have to do a whole show on Moodoo's career. We'll do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you want to talk about, you were in Yokohama for a yeah, night, yeah. For a night it was, two. Uh, it's almost like you're going to amusement park because, you know, you have great Muta's last, you know, match, right? The six-man tag team. But the six-man tag team, it doesn't sound exciting, but it, it had to be six-man. You have to have Sting, and he, everybody knows great Muta and Sting's history, history from WCW to New Japan to all the way to now. And... Uh, Sting himself was talking about in his promo that the great Muta and Sting are the last remaining two legends from you know the, the of our generation. True, and uh, this dark uh, well, t-shirt wearing, but the, the sixty-some-year-old Sting and sixty-year-old great Muta meet in the ring once again for the last time, the final time, and they made a tag team. And brought you know new star uh, in Derby Allen and your opponent uh, all character guys like Haku, uh, the Jinsei Shinzaki uh, as Hakushi right and Nogami Akira actually the same that uh, he was a class of 1984 that uh, Muto Hashimoto Chono and Funaki and Akira Nogami started the same, you know, like a class of 1984 New Japan. So there was a meaning for Akira to be in there. And Akira, Nogami Akira's outer ego, Akira played. And Marufuji is actually responsible of bringing Keiji Muto into pro wrestling over three years ago. He was, he was a person. And Sure enough, Marufuji came in dressed up like his outer ego, all painted face and new costume and whole thing, the different character. All six wrestlers were from another world. That was really interesting. How did the crowd how did the crowd react to Darby? Because they've never seen Darby before. Right. Yeah, but uh, it was introduced as like this guy is a superstar from AEW. Right. So people took it. Yeah. So he and, was uh, actually like uh, he was the first one in Japanese arena that came into ring with his skateboard. <laughs> yeah, won the crowd right there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that gets you. And over. Also, this you know the all the attacking from his back, you know, like where people would expect like a big shoulder block or the clothesline or something. He does it with his back, right? Right. Right, he does yeah, the coffin drop. Yeah, very interesting. The coffin you know, drop. So yeah, you, you've never face. seen him live, have you? Huh? You've never seen him live, have you? Just on TV? No, no, uh, just the AEW footage, yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. What did, what did, let me ask, be more specific, what did you think seeing Darby Allen? I mean, he's small, but... Pretty small. But he overcomes but interesting. it. Interesting, it looks like he come out of, like, you know, cartoon, which his promo, you know, video is by cartoon, like a black and white cartoon. Right. And half painted, like skull. And, uh, I mean, painted body and face that, yes, it goes real well with Great Muta and Sting. Right. You know? And, uh, yeah, nothing less. I mean, like, he wasn't treated like a less of a superstar, you know? One of the things, as I was reading social media and other things about the six man match. The main event was all of the people, obviously, um, hang on one second. (laughs) All of the people raving about, uh, Hakushi, Jinsei Shinzaki, because they obviously hadn't seen him probably. He was retired, right? Right. They hadn't seen him since the nineties and couldn't believe, um, that he looks the same, that he looked the same. Yeah. Great shape. Yeah. Years ago, this is a true story. I think after I got back from Japan at New Year's and we saw him at the All Japan New Year's show, you know, January 2nd, whatever. Uh, it, was. it was Jan Baba's memorial show or something. No, it was it was at uh, Budokan. Or it was at Korkin. It was at Korkin. Okay. Anyway, he was there and I think he was at both. He was at both Baba, both shows. But anyway. I messaged Conrad Thompson. I'm like, you need to bring in, you want to make some money off pictures. You need to bring in 
Shinzaki has Hakushi because he looks exactly the same. And I don't think people could believe that's the same guy wrestling, taking the biggest bumps in the match. I think it blew people away. Onto the table. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think 20 it, feet away. I think it blew people away in the United States because they hadn't seen him, a lot of people. Yeah, and then there was like a, a very uh, interesting spot that the people remember Great Muta uh, Hakushi match from 1996 Tokyo Dome. He, the Great Muta used Hakushi's blood and she spelled in kanji death, you know. <laughs> and that was there was a spot, famous spot, um, from 1996 Tokyo Dome match between Great Muta and Hakushi, and this time, sure enough, that Hakushi juiced again, and using using Hakushi's blood that come out of his forehead, that the Muta put a finger on it, on it, he spelled it like a the end, like the end of the movie. Interesting. What did you yeah, think of the yeah. What did you so think of the match? I mean, long enough that the well, the whole the, the sequel and the ending. It's like a Star Wars movie. That's right. what it was. <laughs> like yeah, that. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So it was like uh, every little detail meant something. Yeah. In this uh, the six man tag team and Sting, um, not the same, you know, from. 25 years ago, obviously, but uh, he did Stinger Splash, he did the Scorpion Deathlock, and he did the whoo, just, uh, just everything people expected from Sting. And that, uh, after that the promo after the match in the backstage interview area, Sting told Great Muta, this man, this guy made me better. I mean, talking about 1989 WCW program. Right. And there was like they must have met at least fifty times in single matches, younger Sting and younger Great Muta, and Keiji Muta was becoming Great Muta at the time. And sure enough, that the December nineteen eighty nine, they had a very famous Starcade match, right? Right. Yeah. Then Sting was brought uh, to New Japan, and he had a Tokyo Dome single match, and the Mut- Great Muta Sting against Steiners. And uh, they had their own history in, in Japan. Right. Yeah. No, that was, was always favorite. Yeah. I mean, Sting only had a few matches, um, you know, in Japan, but, you know, they were fairly high profile. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah. He was big, such a big star that uh, whenever Sting came, it was just one or two matches, you know, like a Tokyo Dome situation. Right. He never really worked the entire five week tour or anything like that. So he always wished that if he, you know, had enough time and, and you know, regroup himself and, and, you know, get over jet lags or something and then have great shape. Well, he's in great shape, but he would have performed better if he stayed longer, you know, but he was always like a very short stay. But he did have like 15 tours with Japan. Well, fifth, well that seems high, but I guess, I guess, yeah, all with, yeah. Always like a Tokyo Dome match yeah. or the Sumo Palace match or the bonus match from G1 Climax or something like that. Right, yeah. G1 Climax. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess you're right. It seems like I would have guessed, if you would have asked me to guess, I would have guessed about half of that. But no, I guess, no, you're right. About 15. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Always like a one week stay or three day yeah. stay or something like that. And well, this time he stayed, what, three days too, you know? Well, yeah, he, he stayed. Waiting, lots of lots of fans were waiting you know, at the hotel lobby for, for Sting to come out of his hotel room, you know, because for obviously this is the final tour to Japan, right? Right. So people wanted to get picture taken with Sting. Was in Yokohama? Was that where he was staying? That was in Yokohama, Minato Mirai, yeah. yeah. In the continental Yokohama hotel that the people somehow found out where he was staying and hundreds of fans were at the hotel lobby just waiting for you know sting to come you know come to the hotel lobby and just walk through and people gathering can i get picture taken and sting was nice enough to stop and take picture for a final time well that's good i mean that's that's nice he was able to accommodate yeah. fans also, as best the, he can. The darby allen got this superstar rub too oh i'm sure 
Also, he will be very much welcome back in Japan. Do you think he's going to wrestle for... Who do you, he wrestles for? Noah? Think he wrestles for New Japan? Where do you think... Well, it's more like he will be coming in as AEW superstar. He could be working either, yeah. What does Kiki think? He, he agree, yeah. He Darby does. Allen can work. <laughs> sure, you know, Sherman yeah, is... Also, that uh, how uh, Pro Wrestling Noah and both New Japan are somewhat new, that the junior heavyweight oriented in half, half the rosters are, you know what I mean? Right. So, can you imagine like uh, Hiromu Takahashi against Darby Allen or something? Yeah. That, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? Or Amakusa against Darby Allen. Right. Yeah, Bam. something like that. And obviously, Kiyomiya, uh, Kaito Kiyomiya will be Pro Wrestling Noah's pick for this next guy, huh? Sounds like it. Looks yeah, like and the uh, Kazuchika Okada Kiyomiya match would be treated as like a double main event at right. Tokyo Dome. I think so. Now it's like, uh, angle's pretty much rushed. That this tag team match that we were gonna, you know, come, you know, talk about that uh, Kiyomiya come in while. Okada was holding armbar or something to the opponent. Right. Come, you know, like a, snuck up from behind and kicked his face. Right. Exactly like Ricky Choshu, Ricky Choshu Maeda Akira, famous spot from right. not a spot, but the, the the shoot thing from 1987. Everybody in Japan remember well. Do you uh, any idea where the creative came for that? If that was whose idea that was. Oh, I don't know, okay. but uh, some people think it was not good taste, and some people think it was rushed, and I think it's kind of rushed too. And uh, well, obviously Kiyomiya is not in 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 Okada's league at this point, but the that the single match can make him, you know, can elevate him obviously, and uh, yeah, Okada's much much bigger star than Kiyomiya. Everybody knows that. But uh, this single match will be important, more important for Kiyomiya than uh, than uh, for, it's for Okada, right? You dropped the phone. <laughs> I dropped it. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, you that, know that will be treated as double main event. Yeah. You know, it it kind of reminds me a little bit when we saw the uh, the Great Muda Retirement Show or the Memorial Show, rather, when. Uh, Kento Miyahara faced off, you know, it was kind of a mirror with, uh, you know, in in that tag team match. So this is going to be interesting because you had Tanahashi in him. And now, you know, Kiyomiya is sort of a a mirror a little bit of, of Okada. So I, that's kind of what it reminded me of anyway. Yeah, yeah. So Okada has been on top for 10 years now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Long time. Yeah, and also this year he's wearing more Inoki costume with right. black trunks and uh, black long boots with white shoelaces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Inoki year, I guess, and uh, he's becoming more and more traditional superstar of like New Japan fashion. And uh, yeah, everybody, you know, and the pro wrestling no wrestlers, you know, the costumes, their costumes are pretty flashy, right? It's it's designed by the same designer, so it looks similar almost. Yeah. Um, when the new yeah. January first Budokan Just, show, you know, everybody came to watch Great Muta against Shinsuke Nakamura, ended up watching uh, Kiyomiya against Ken O for GHA, you know, Global Crown GHC title match, and that's. The presentation of the you know current top stars from Pro Wrestling Noir. A good match, but like a two bond young Japanese wrestlers from like a, from like your nosebleed. It's like, why are these two you know main event guy have two of them? Both of them have blonde hair. One can have blonde. Ken only is blonde hair, I think. But the Kiyomiya doesn't. I don't think. Um, one of the things we talked about last time too is. I just like you said, with the uh, the parent companies and and all of this. Yeah, I think that you know this has really benefited Noah so much as far as yeah. spotlighting talent, as far as exposure, um, 
to audiences. Speaking world. Yeah, to Eng- and yeah, and I think to Japanese fans. English speaking play by play and commentator. Yeah. Yeah, Noah can be so much stronger this year. Right. Yeah. They need Fumi. Their roster is pretty strong. They need Fumi on uh, on commentary. That's what they need. Yeah, but not me. I, but uh, I can't English, do it anymore. American English speaking play by play and commentator would be very you know you know right. the, the, the really benefit from. I think my days of doing commentary I think are done. But you could do it. You could do it. <laughs> well, or two old farts. Well, <laughs> look. But that, yeah, just because you're right, that makes sense though. Because New Japan is so strong, but well, probably like a New Japan, Stardom, and Pro Wrestling Noah are the three strongest companies. Yeah, yeah, and Stardom and Pro Wrestling Noah should have regular English speaking play by play and commentator and regular programming in English speaking world, not just America. Yeah, but with the streaming entire world can move together yeah yeah it's going to be interesting yeah very interesting it's technology yes it's uh it's going to be interesting to see where we are in the next few months and yeah. where we are a year from now it's i think so because you, you can't imagine yeah yeah this can be yeah yeah. And also, a lot of, you know, the, 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 the American existing company can benefit from too, because Pro Wrestling Noah can work with uh, places like, you know, either Impact or uh, Major League Wrestling or, uh, you know, other, well, it's another new American company is about to start too, you know, using uh, Japanese women's wrestlers. Um, In making yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. I have to agree. Yeah, so it will be very interesting. Something that we don't even know about right now—that uh, it can happen all this year. Um. Yeah, it's this year has already been crazy. Think about if we would have gotten, like you said, Muto and the Rock. Um, yeah. Just uh, even the fact that they talked is a blow away. Just shows how. What an amazing year this is in uh, uh-huh. in in and every wrestling company. You got, sometimes don't happen, so we, we can you know you got, we can talk about it and think about you it got forever. Vince McMahon <laughs> coming back, you got Negro Casas joining Triple A. You've yeah. got you've got Rock and Muto talking. It's just what a year this is. Everything is just. The doors of wrestling have just been blown out as far <laughs> as uh, yeah. territory and barriers, and it's it's this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, right. It's gonna well, be wrestling should not have language barrier. Well, yeah? yeah, you're right. That's a, yeah, the wrestling well, itself is universal. Here's the question. Here's the, speaking yeah. of barriers. This kind of flows into what we're talking about. So on the Muda show that you were at there was yeah. a women's match with my two girls yeah, jungle kiona and, and nuts samire yeah. who i love yeah. don't make they me they will be tested in international market this year don't uh, don't oh, make me jungle choose it's a, it's a but here's my point there's also going to be a women's match on the muda tokyo dome show yeah there was one, obviously, on uh, January 4th. Yeah. Uh, are we seeing now, is this going to be a trend, or is this just for shows that stream into the U.S. market where there's that expectation? Uh, English-speaking world, uh, as a, not just America, but the bigger market right. as, as they see it. Yeah. So it's not something that, if this show was just a Japanese show, you're saying, probably no women on the show. Is that what you're saying? Um, pro wrestling, no, uh, actually, well, more, more of like a, a the cyber fight, cyber Asian, and Abema TV, for that matter, that they want to have more women's match in their programming. 
obviously, and and Pro Wrestling Noah's opened up the door for it. Not just Pro Wrestling Noah will carry one or two women's matches. Not just in, this point on. Not just in their English speaking program. English. Uh, well, because well, the matches feature from Japan into right. the world. Yeah, okay. They will have it. Yeah, and also. Uh, the one thing for sure is that it's confusing because it's Bushiroad is a parent company for both New Japan and Stardom, but Stardom is not women's division of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right, you know, we have yeah. to make it clear. Yeah, we have to make it clear. But Kyrie is perfect IWGP Women's Champion for international market. Right, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So she could be working both New Japan and Stardom. But more for worldwide market, the Kyrie IWGP Women right. Champion, perfect champion. Uh, any uh, any thoughts on uh, Mercedes Martinez, or March? Sorry, Mercedes Monet. If uh, <laughs> she becomes Mercedes Martinez, someone completely different. Anyway, Mercedes Mercedes Monet. Um, yeah. Hi, Kiki. Um, any thoughts on uh, on if she becomes? IWGP Women's Champion at the Battle of the Valley. Ah, uh, well, that's too soon. I that's think so. Too soon. That I'll, I'll go for Kyrie. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Um, you were there at Yokohama. At some point down the line, I mean, it's not even surprising to have Mercedes as IWGP Women's Champion because right. those two are the right. only world title caliber superstar in this programming. For now. There isn't third wrestler yet. You know what I'm saying? I, so they may, I don't know, that the don't. play catch in, in, in this title, you know. But the IWGP women's there, division right now is just Kyrie and Mercedes. I, I don't know who, I don't know when. This is not me being coy, but there'll be another. Of course there will. Of course, could be Julia, could be Shuri. Yeah, could be Hayashista, Utami Hayashista. I don't know, but the it could right be now, somebody else. No name value, market value. Who uh, knows? That uh, yeah, that this now, caliber of this style, quality uh, thing. Kyrie and Mercedes are the only two right now. Here's okay. I don't know anything when I say this. Okay, this yeah. isn't. But the way wrestling works is, you know, Mercedes is talking to. Whomever she talks to, Rocky Romero or whomever, um, hey, I've got a friend, so-and-so, you should book them. And that's just the way wrestling works. You're always looking to help your friends. Wrestler to wrestlers. Exactly. Yeah. So Yeah, that can work. Right. And that, that the recommended superstar by yeah. Mercedes or we'll probably first anybody. work for New Japan Strong yeah. in America. Or anybody. I'm just saying a guy could do that. A woman can do that. That's just kind of the way the world works. So there'll be another. Um, let's talk about this. A couple of things I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on. Uh, the good-looking guys. Anthony Green, Jack Morris, and uh, Jake Lee. Jake Lee, yeah. What are your thoughts on Jake Lee out of all Japan and now getting to see him in Noah? Oh, he will be much bigger star with Pro Wrestling Noah this year, obviously. Obviously. But it's so new. God, he's you looking know? like a genius. Yeah, but the shield wasn't all that great, you no. know, at the beginning. No. Give them a year or two. Yeah. Yeah, so this pack, it was a Japanese wrestler, it was two international stars. It's mixed package is really good for international market. Right. Yeah. And for the English-speaking world, too. Yeah. You can do the promo in English, yeah. And Jake, Jake Lee with the size and, you know, the look. And uh, actually, New Japan fan and Pro Wrestling No fan didn't really follow All Japan, right? Right. So Jake Lee is somebody new right now. He's new, but you also know that he's a former Triple Crown champion. I mean, whatever there's well, a... hardcore fans, yes. He, well, isn't he not... Don't they mention that on, on commentary? You think they will? Uh, probably in English speaking, yes. Hmm. But uh, if it was in Japanese commentary, they would kind of avoid what really? he did in other companies. Oh, see, I think you'd want to say this guy is a former world champion who jumped ship, but okay. I'm not yeah, Japanese, and also MMA fighter, too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, yeah. Don't ask me. 
Um, what are your thoughts on uh, any other matches or any other things on the show that caught your eye or you want to you want to talk about? Mm, uh, it's like uh, I felt that it's, uh, that happened at, at Tokyo Dome, you know, Wrestle Kingdom too. But uh, this Yokohama Arena, there were so many fans that it came to building either for the first time or the first time in five, ten years. Really? The way they reacted to certain moves and certain wrestlers, certain moves, you and I seen it every match, right? But the way they go, ooh, oh, it's like, wow, these fans, these, uh, these live audience haven't watched wrestling quite some time or something. Or was it the fact they could cheer now as opposed to having to be quiet? Yeah, that but it? the way they reacted in certain moves that you see from these wrestlers every match, mm -hmm. that the reacting is like, well, obviously, these are new fans. Do you think it was Sting or Darby or just the no, retirement? No, it's like, uh, you know, women's wrestling reaction to it. And also, like, you know, Ken Law, the, you know, right, all these pro wrestling you know, regulars. Like, if you follow these people's matches or the Ninja Mac, you know, or Ultimate Dragon things, it's like, wow. These, this live crowd at Yokohama Arena came to see Muta and Sting, right? And uh, they obviously haven't followed current pro wrestling nor really. You know, it's this... It's good to have them back, though. This... It's good to have these live audience will probably start watching, start following pro wrestling nor and, and wrestling as a whole again and start coming to live events. Do you feel like things are heating up in Japan, like wrestling's getting hotter at all? Yes, and almost mixed bag because Keiji Muto's retirement tour have, you know, has been so big that uh, he will leave after February 22nd, right? It's a real retirement. Real retirement. And He's not I Ric Flair. That the, these, these audience that came to see great Muto's retirement tour will stay as, to, as, as, as regular fans. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Does this remind, I mean, you've been around the block a minute or two. Um, does this period at all, have you seen anything like this before? Does this remind you of anything or does it feel familiar or is this completely uncharted territory? Uncharted? Yeah, I want to I want to look at it as uncharted territory because wrestling fan grew older too. You know, we've been following wrestling for 40, 50 years, but there are fans that been you know who've been following wrestling five years, who've been following ten years, and and uh, new fans that started watching wrestling last year. You know, so well, we don't know that because this is twenty twenty three. You know, and I'm hoping this everybody holding you know device. Uh, like uh, either iPhone, smartphone, or your uh, tablets, or the you know your laptop, you are carrying TV. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's completely new era. What do you think that uh, Muta card is? It's like a super card. Oh my gosh! It's uh, it's quite the uh, cavalcade of styles and stars and companies. Um, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and then Keiji Muto is was uh, biggest uh, biggest superstar of all time. You think so? Yeah, yeah. What's Antonio Inoki was a cultural icon. You know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, if you were wrestling fan, you know, watching Inoki growing up, they're like. A, like in, in either 50s or 60s, you know, in the 60s or something. But the people who grew up watching Keiji Muto was in, in the 40s now. Right. You know, so the, these are the people who spend a lot of money on wrestling tickets and merchandise and buy everything and watch everything. Right. And yeah, and Kazuchika Okada fans, uh, they're in, in 30s, 20s and 30s. And to them, Tanahashi, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shinsuke Nakamura is, they are the legend. So a little bit different, huh? Yeah, well, we'll see what happens uh, whenever oh, they decide to hang it up. Good.
Yeah, but uh, this year in wrestling in Japan looking very good right now. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, is there anything else we should talk about that uh, you want to discuss? We covered pretty much a lot of ground today. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Well, look, um, <laughs> you know, we missed out on uh, the last Tokyo Dome show. We'll, okay. We'll try to do. Maybe we'll get Meltzer for this Tokyo Dome show, the Muda mm-hmm. Retirement. That might be good. Why don't we yeah, try to do yeah. that? And let's do the, you know, like a three of us, you know, you, yeah. I, yeah, Dave Meltzer, you know. That's what I'm saying. The, you know, the one, one show together, yes. We'll figure that out. Um, yeah, we'll do that for sure. So let's, uh, all right. How can uh, people get a hold of you? On Twitter, at FumihikoDayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O, FumihikoDayo on Twitter, or just Fumisaito on Facebook. Please message me first. And I'm on Twitter at uh, Jim Valley. Until next time. So long from Tokyo.